Welcome back. This is your host, Rob Morris. You listen to the Rims and Nets podcast. All right, so like I said, we're going to switch gears and we're going to give you the um, full uh, mock draft. And like I said, I gave you um, 1 through 10 in previous um, episodes. Well, I'm just going to go back and give you the top 10 just in case you missed it. And I'll just give you a complete breakdown, a little short breakdown, nothing too nothing too much. You know, I'll give you a full breakdown on, on the website of, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of each player. Um, like I said, it's, a, you know, the top 30 list of the first round. So we'll start at number one. Obviously, the Pelicans are definitely going to select Zion Williamson. He's, he's, you know, he's a generational talent. You know, he's a freak athlete. Like, it's unusual to see a guy that size jump that high. <laughs> like, he, like, he soars out there. Like, he's in there. For, he's, like, he's got Vince Carter hops. And he looks like, almost has, like, the body type of, like, Glenn Davis. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously, he's a little bit more better athlete than Glenn Davis. But I'm just saying, like, that's how he looks out there to be jumping that high. Obviously, he gets comparisons to, you know, Charles Barkley because Charles Barkley had similar athleticism, you know, at his size, you know, kind of an undersized power four. But because he has good length, because he has good athleticism, he, you know, he can, um, Compensate for you know his height, height um, disadvantages that he'll probably have in the next level. But I feel like, you know, he's gonna have to work on his shooting stroke. Sometimes his shooting stroke is kind of low, like his shooting release point is kind of low. So he might need to raise that up a little bit. He might get his shot blocked at times in the league. Sometimes he has, he looks like he has kind of somewhat of his like a set shot, or he kind of like you know has a short jump to his shot. So like I said, he's gonna have to like work on his release point. If he only gets his shot off because obviously, you know, he's not the longest guy out there. But as far as everything else, he's he's super aggressive. He's a hustler. Um, he does all the dirty work. Like, he he's not afraid to get his hands dirty, get inside, get extra rebounds, get offensive rebounds, get 50-50 balls. Like, he, he's that type of guy that can, can change a culture on a team. Like, if, let's just say if you put Zion Williamson on the Celtics, like – he would change that culture, like, instantly. Like, because the Celtics have no, been known all year to be a lazy team that is inconsistent effort. Well, Zion, I, I don't want to say, like, the, they're lazy. I know, you know, everybody in the NBA works hard, but it's a difference between working hard and working harder. Zion Williamson works harder. So that's what makes him different than, than you know, a normal prospect that, you know, you know, they go through the AAU ranks and they're just, you know, they're a prospect that's just, you know, they've been told that they're great and stuff like that. And he has a, he has a humility to himself that he feels like that he needs to work hard. He, it seems like he don't take things for granted out there. He, you know, he sacrifices himself out there more than you would think out of a, like a top end prospect. And that's what makes him so unique. You know, he like he just plays so hard and he he's the hardest working guy out there. And when you have that as as if your number one guy plays hard, then everyone else is gonna play hard on your team. So he 
Like I said, that's why he's going to be a guy that's going to instantly change the culture on your team. You know, and it's, it's a great thing as a bad team that just came off of a losing year to get a guy like that on your team. It's going to really motivate everybody else to play hard. And, you know, when you play hard, you, you're going to win games and you probably would lose, you know, because you are sacrificing every every possession. You're, you're probably most likely going to win 50, get the 50-50 balls and you're going to you're, you're going to put yourself in position to compete every night. We have a team like that that plays hard, you know. I, I've 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 seen it. Um, just you know, for example, for the Celtics, I've seen it. You know, besides this year, and I'm taking a lot of jabs at this team, but that just shows you the frustration that I have with the Celtic team is just I continue to to give them jabs because they haven't earned. You know, it's been a frustrating year for them. But you know, let's get back on track with Zion Williamson. But yeah, like like I said. He, like I said, he changes the culture of a team because he works so hard. And you, that's invaluable to have a guy like that as your leader on the team or your, you know, your guy you're going to build around to be, to have that personality. It's, it's, it's really infectious and it's, it's, it's such a strong thing to have on, you know, for your team. But uh, moving on to the next pick, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Even though they have Mike Conley, I still think they're going to pick John Morant. Um, well, I mean, I've heard rumors that they're expected to trade uh, Conley because they're probably going to get John Morant. I mean, John Morant is, like, he, he has it all. Like, he has all the tools you want in a point guard in the, in the league. Got good good athleticism, good quickness, um, pretty good shooter, has good basketball IQ, is, is is a leader out there? He can, he can, you know. Pat, he's a very good passer, so he has it all. Like you know, he he had a triple double in the in an NCAA tournament game. So that tells you all you need to know of his his versatility out there. He, he has all the tools to be great in this league, and, and has all the tools to be a, an alpha dog on the team, and to be the lead guy on the team. So he can't pass that up. I don't care if you. You have a point guard already, you know. Obviously, they had Mike Conley, but it wasn't enough to win. So you need someone to upgrade that position. And I think John Morant, in time, may not be right away, but in time, will upgrade that position. And I think they'll be strong at that position for a long, long time. So you can't pass up a talent like that. So number two, John Morant going to the Memphis Grizzlies from Murray State. We went to Murray. Well, he went to Murray State. Um, next pick, we got uh, the Knicks picking R.J. Barrett out of Duke. Um, obviously, Zion Williamson's teammate. You know, if Zion Williamson wasn't in this draft, he probably would have been number one one pick. Just because he played in the bigger school, he would have probably would have been a higher pick over John Moran. But I feel like, you know, he was projected. I think he was like a. Uh, either number one out of high school. So, I mean, he's, he was very highly touted. You know, he's from Canada. So, you know, Canada prospects have really grown over the years. And they're, you know, like, here's another one that came from Canada that's very highly touted. So, like I said, he could do it all out there. Very similar to John Morant. Um, more stronger frame, you know, can, can dunk. You know, can more of a physical guy. He can dunk on on, on guys. 
you know. I think he can play, you know, some three as well as some two. Um, better defender, I think, than John Morant. Um, like I said, he's just more of a, more of a, a, a more NBA ready prospect, more NBA ready body. Um, he can come in there right away and and give you solid minutes right away on an NBA roster as at this moment. He's that pretty much ready to play. I think he'll be, like I said, people said that he will be a better NBA prospect than a college prospect and college player. Then I, I, I agree with that um, sentiment. I think he'll definitely fare well in the NBA because of the spacing. I think he, it will, it will. Um, he's 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 a great um, slasher, so that's going to really benefit him a lot with the spacing in the NBA, and that'll open up all his all. You know, pretty much everything in his toolbox, you know, that he can go to as well as, you know, he has a proven jump shot. So I thought he shot, you know, better this year than he's done, you know, in the past. Or at least they they projected him not to be have a great shoot yet. They projected him to not be a good shooter, but he's definitely excelled at that over the years. But uh, let me let me just go on because, we, like I said, we don't have much time, so I'm trying to get top 30 in but just like the ramble just to give you a, a full you know breakdown of each player but we'll move on to the next pick all right Jared Colbert uh I think the the Lakers are gonna pick Jared Colbert out of Texas Tech I think like I don't obviously you know it's people say it's a top three draft um, there's not much talent after that, or at least particularly when it, when you're trying to like develop or get a star in this draft. There's not much of that in this draft. But Jared Colbert, I feel like, can have an outside chance to get a few get a few All Star games, because I just think he he has. He may not be as athletic as those uh, those other three that I just mentioned, but he's. It's something about his game that he's very polished. Very polished game. Um, you know, like I said, I, I mean, I said that in, in the previous episode, I feel like he's watched a lot of film on other players and study their game. Like, I think he's a Kobe Bryant fan or something. Cause he has, um, he has like an old man's game, how he can just kind of, you know, operate in the mid range. And, you know, he has great hesitation moves, great pump fakes. Like he has a really good feel and really good basketball IQ. Like, even though he doesn't have the the most elite athleticism he still can get to where he needs to get to um out there so and he's also a pretty good defender so he's a good two-way player as well and like i said he can rebound well he has a multitude of um skills out there that he can possess so i say like i had to say i mean it was it was tough because i was trying to like determine who would you know obviously deandre hunter outplayed him in the championship game but i was just like who would be a better pro and i just think jared culver would be a better pro overall i just think he's you know the spacing would be would benefit him better didn't did in college kind of like how jason kind of remind me of how jason tatum was in, in college jason tatum wasn't didn't really show himself like um didn't really showcase his skills well enough in college when he got into the NBA I mean I thought he flourished because you know he was able to showcase all his all his skills and I still feel like with you know 
Um, like I said, with Jared Culver, like like Tatum, you he can definitely showcase his skills more in the NBA game because of you know because of all the spacing and stuff like that. So, so that's my number four pick. Number five is DeAndre Hunter for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, he, he's out of Virginia. So, basically, obviously, Hunter is a two-way player, very good defender, can defend multiple positions, um, probably one through four he can defend in the, in the next level. So, very versatile defender. He's, I wouldn't say he's as versatile on the offensive end, but like I said, can spot up a little bit, can um, can post up a little bit, post up on a smaller guy. Um, like he has a multiple skills, but I wouldn't say he's, he still needs to improve his handle. His handle not, is not great. He doesn't have like a lot of, he doesn't have a variety of, of skills. Like let's just say John Morant or, or Jared Colbert. That's why I had Jared Colbert over him. Cause I just think Jared Colbert is a little bit more of a, a savvier offensive player than, than Hunter. Hunter's a bit raw in certain areas in the offensive end, but I think on the defensive end, he's he's probably one of the best defensive players in the draft. So, and obviously he's a physical guy, strong, has a, has NBA body, you know, as a small forward, he's two, well over 220 pounds. So that's great size for an NBA body. You know, that's a great NBA body to have. You know, you're a three and you've, you're well over 220 pounds. That's really good to have have a body like that. You're definitely going to not have guys push you around out there. you probably be able to do a lot of different things, particularly rebound. I think he's a very good rebounder as well. So that's my, um, that's the fifth pick for the, you know, that the Cavs would pick at that spot. Number six, um, obviously the best available would probably be Darius Garland. I think, you know, most people have Darius Garland in the top five, but I have him in the top, you know, outside of it because of the unknowns. He he got hurt most of the year, but he was, like I said, highly touted coming out of high school, made the McDonald's All-American game, like just a all-around great prospect, but still there's still questions. How will he fare? You know, he didn't play college basketball. How will he fare in the next level? It's definitely a big transition from high school to, to NBA. How would, he, how would he fare? I think he's going to need a little bit more time, a little bit more seasoning to get – himself used to the speed of the game but like i said like all those other guys um like top the top three he has has a multitude of skills um he's a very solid offensive player has um has a good pull-up game has you know a lot of variety of of dribbling um maneuvers he can do out there to, to to get by his defenders um, he's a pretty good passer as well, good tra- good in transition, you know, good athleticism. Like I said, we we'll have to see how it goes with the injury, see how he does with his athleticism. But you know, hopefully, I don't know if he's available for workouts. I don't know. We'll have to find that out. You know, through the draft process that's going on. Obviously, yeah. Just a quick note: I won't be, not be able to show this to you on this show, but uh. On the on the website, I do have um, the participants for the NBA Draft Combine, which will be what well, started today, 
but uh they'll have the air they'll air the um they'll have the the broad the broadcasts they have two broadcasts and they'll have a broadcast on Thursday which is tomorrow at you know 3 p.m. to 7 on ESPN and then they also will have another broadcast on Friday 3 to 7 um also on ESPN so you know I don't know I don't know how much you how invested you are into that into the draft process I for me I get really invested into it I'm a hoop nut so I get I watch all that stuff I like to see how they doing the workouts I like to see all the measurements. It kind of gives you a, a glimpse of what they could be. It's not every, it's not everything what they could be. Obviously, there's a lot of factors that go into that, how players become star players, role players, and, and et cetera. But it gives you a little – I mean, particularly when, when I've studied players, usually I kind of get – kind of know if they're going to be great just by the way they look and how how it feels, how things go with them in those in those – draft processes I, I have a feeling about certain things and I just that's why I feel like I can probably one of the best guys you can go to when it comes down to analysis when it comes down to draft analysis because I've studied players over the years and the measurements and stuff and I know that it certain things translate certain things don't you know I know like let's just say um what's a, a common drill is the three quarter three three quarter sprint usually is a good indication of how fast they are. So let's just say they finish in the top five in that. I've studied over the years, you know, guys like Russell Westbrook, we all know how fast he is. He had a great three-quarter sprint drill. Or there's some guys particularly that you may have not, like I said, Damian Lillard, I thought really showed out in those competitions. And look what he is, look where he is right now. He's in the... He's in the Western Conference Finals. He led his team to a Western Conference Finals this year. Damian Lillard really helped himself in the draft process um, by going to the combine. A lot of guys they sit out in those. They sit out because they have something to lose if they don't perform well. But Damian Lillard performed well in those in those workouts and in the in the draft combine. You know he got all the he did well in the athletic athleticism um test he, he did well in the measurements and he ended up becoming the top 10 pick because of it he ended up rising i think he was like maybe like you know mid first rounder they, they knew he was good coming out of weber state obviously not a you know not a big school so obviously out of high school he wasn't highly recruited because he went to weber state but you know they were able to fi- find him and discover how good he was and what really helped him the most was him um, partaking in those workouts. So that's just a side note. You know, just stay tuned for all that. I'm going to have a full participant list on the website of everybody that's going to be attending that um, ME Draft Combine. You know, it's just, I mean, I'm not saying you got to invest, you know, every hour, every minute into that. But just check it out just to see, you know, the measurements, if you're into all that. If you're into all that and if you want to get into, you know, into a career and talking about this stuff and it's a passion for you then you know you should invest in those type of shows because it definitely will give you you know idea of how how every player could fare out and how players could project in the next level but uh anyways let's uh let's switch gears let's get back to the 
Let's ride on on number seven. But like I said, Darius Garland, number six, going to the Suns. You know, Suns are looking for a guard anyways. So if they don't, they're rumored to get Mike Connolly in a trade. If they don't get Mike Connolly, that's their next option to get Darius Garland. I think he could be there. It's not a guarantee that he could be there, but he, I project that he could be there at number six, and I think the Suns will snatch him in a heartbeat. Even if they do get Mike Connolly, they still might snatch him just in case. You know, something happens or whatever, they have a, they have a potential point guard of the future to build around. You know, uh, DeAndre Ayton and company and Booker. So, next pick I got Bulls picking Cam Reddish out of Duke. Obviously, Cam Reddish is, um, you know, he has the a great physical um, NBA body, physical profile, but NBA prospect that's you know you know exceptional. Like he's six seven two, believe two fifteen I think. So a very good body. Um, can play multiple positions. Can play two through four, at times. You know can defend those positions as well as well. A very good shooter, very consistent shooter. Um, you know he can he can attack closeouts. Let's just say someone closes out on him. You can he can step out of that and hit a little you know mid range jumper. Like he has that skill, in, you know, in his repertoire. So, you know, and he's, you know, pretty athletic in transition, can get out and transition, you know, get a few highlight reel dunks. So, he, I mean, like I said, he has all the tools, but I don't see him being a star in the league. I see him being like a starter slash role player. So I think he'll fit well in that role playing with other good players. I think, he, so, I mean, I see the Bulls, Getting him because he probably fits with, well with what they already have. You know, they have already have Laurie, Laurie Marketing. They already have, um, I believe they picked Wendell Carter last year. So they have, they're pretty much covered with their bigs. They they got Zach Levine, which has, Zach Levine had a great season, had a career year. So you have Zach Levine. If he can stay healthy, he'll, that's a good core, you know, t- to build around for the Bulls. And then you have, you know. You know, you add Cam Reddish into that. I think Cam Reddish could just, just you can just throw him in the starting lineup with those other three, and also Chris Dunn as well as the point guard. So that's something that you can Bulls can build around. You know, obviously the Jabari Parker experiment didn't work, so you could just throw Cam Reddish in there. Hopefully, he fits better with those with those four. So that sounds about a reasonable pick for the Bulls to pick. Cam Radish at seven. Number eight, the Hawks. I see them picking Kobe White out of North Carolina. Um, like I said, you know, he's a knockdown shooter. I think he's one of the best shooters in the draft. He also can do a lot of other things, particularly in transition. He's one of the quickest guys in the draft, probably behind uh, John Morant. He can, uh, I wouldn't say he has, um, I wouldn't say he has like a huge repertoire of offensive skills. Like, obviously, he really builds his offense through his jump shot. So it kind of reminds me of, like, a Ray Allen type of player, how he can, you know, can still score. Like, Kobe White, Kobe White can still score because he's such a great jump shooter and he's very good in transition. Like, that's pretty much the main reason. Like, he will be a straight-line drive guy and he'll be a, a, a knockdown jump shooter in the league. And that's going to be enough for him to be the scorer get you 15 points a game and you know he's that type of player when it comes down to that like he's just 
he know like he doesn't try to do too much. He knows who he is as a player, and you know that's invaluable to know who you are and what you can do well, and and don't try to overdo it. Like he's gonna be the type of guy that might not overdo it out there. He's gonna know. I I need to be a jump shooter. I need to um I need to attack a closeout. Like he'll be that type of guy that will do that and do it well because of his athleticism. Like I mean, just imagine him. You know, you tap tap the closeout with him. Like particularly if he's at the corner, like that's an easy layup for him because he has such great quickness. He has long strides as well at six six. You know, I believe he's like I believe he's about six five, but he has you know you know, has a long frame, so he'll, you know, he'll get to the rim easily with his frame, so, so, yeah, I see the Hawks getting him, and they got Trey Young as well, so, they got a nice core going on, you know, also, they have Collins as well, the big guy, so, they got, they, they got a nice little core that they're building on, and I think Kobe White can add to that, and, and hopefully, you know, Hawks could be turning things around before you know it, they could be kind of have some like a similar type of year that the Kings had this year. All right, so number nine, the Wizards. I feel like they they need a big guy, so I think they're gonna go with Jackson Hayes out of Texas. Jackson Hayes is mostly like a shot blocker, you know, very good rebounder, you know, physical, can um has good length. It seems like Texas. <laughs> Tends to get a lot of good big guys. You know, obviously Jared Allen is one guy that that we know that came out of Texas that, you know, he's doing well in Brooklyn. So I think this is another one of those guys that Texas got that they, you know, they definitely invest well with the, with, with big guys. And here's another one in the pipeline. So, so that should, that should be uh, the pick for, pick number nine for the Wizards get Jackson Hayes it definitely hopefully I don't know what will happen with John Wong company but like they definitely needed a big Dwight Howard didn't work out so hopefully Jackson Hayes could fit in better with those other guys Bradley Beal and company all right so number 10 um I have an international prospect I don't know much about him so this will be short but uh Saku Daboria Saku Daboria, I believe he's from France. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks also have the number 10 pick, so that would be where he'll be going. Um, he uh, he compares to Pasco Sakiam. That's his comparison. So a similar game, you know, can dribble, drive, you know, pick and roll, pick and pop. You know, he's very good at, you know, trailing on the break and shooting threes on the break. Um, very good athleticism, very good size. So, like I said, I don't know much about him, but that's pretty much the short short analysis on him. Number 11, I think Minnesota, I mean, they're good with Carl Anthony Towns. They're good with their bigs. So I figured, you know, why not get a perimeter player, you know, a wing player? You know, Wiggins is kind of been a disappointment over the years they they might need someone that's gonna you know be a better com, better competitor that has a better compete level so i'll probably say they go with kevin porter jr out of usc um a little bit bigger than wiggins 
you know, already. He's, I believe he's 6'6", 215. So much bigger, bigger, you know, wing player. Can step in. I'm, I mean, he may not just take Wiggins' spot, obviously. I mean, Wiggins earned that opportunity to start. But, he'll, you know, he probably could play a little bit, little three. Has the versatility because of his size to play a little three. So I see him probably playing a little bit th- little bit of um small forward as well, you know, if he does, you know, play with Wiggins and the starters and Towns and company. So I was like thinking like maybe they could use a a four, but I think Minnesota has another pick in this first round. So Kevin Porter Jr. is one of their picks. And I think that's a very good pick because like I said, he's he's a good isolation scorer as well. So he, he, he could end up being Wiggins' replacement if it works out and he does well. He could end up being Wiggins' replacement, and then they can find, you know, uh, put, you know, Wiggins on the trade block because I just feel like they just haven't progressed as a team that like they thought with Wiggins out there as their main perimeter, you know, perimeter threat out there. You know, this guy could end up being, they could mold him into being that guy, that next guy for them. So, at number 12, the Charlotte Hornets, they're going to pick um, Bull Bull out of Oregon. Um, like I said, I think, you know, Jordan, he's going to, you know, probably remember the time that he played his dad. Because his dad, that's uh, uh, Minute Bull, was, is, that's, that's his son, Bull Bull. So... You know, Jordan played against Minute Bowl. So I'd probably think, like, maybe he would have, like, like okay, this is his son. So I think he'll be a good NBA player. <laughs> like, it just he could just probably just put it together like that. So, so yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's been hurt this year. So he has some question marks. You know, wasn't completely healthy the entire year. But we all know his his versatility to shoot the ball at seven feet tall. I uh, don't know his listed weight, but like I said, he's seven feet tall. He can shoot the rock, can, you know, move very well for his size, you know, can handle the ball a bit. Like, your prototypical stretch big, and obviously a great defender, a good shot blocker like his dad. So that's going to be... Um, that's gonna be a uh, interesting find. Let's see how Jordan does with that. Um, number thirteen, um, the Miami Heat got Rui Hachimura. Um, like I said, I, I projected them to be a top ten in the, in the previous um, previous episode. I projected Rui Hachimura to be a top ten pick, but I uh, he because of circumstances I feel like he he dropped a bit but he's still a I still look at him as a lottery talent you know he's from Gonzaga um he's originally from Japan so I think like I said he gives Miami some versatility someone that can probably be somewhat of a leader for them because they definitely lack some of that I mean they they have dragage and company but that's pretty Pretty much as far as they can go with, you know, a lead guy for them. They need another guy that can can be somewhat uh, somewhat of an alpha dog for them. And I think Rui Hachimura can fit that role pretty well. Because, you know, they have a team mostly of role players. 
and hardworking players, and that's good and all, but you need someone that's going to take the tough shot, has the balls to take the tough shot, can make big plays down the stretch, and I think Rui Hachimura has the has the uh, the potential to be that type of guy. So, you know, it's kind of like roll the dice. You know, people have him dropping other mocks, but I still feel like feel strong that he can be, you know, a lead guy in the next level. You know, has the physicality to play multiple positions, can play the four, can play the three. He fits more of a four. He's kind of a tweener. May not have the body type of before, but plays like a four. So it doesn't really matter. Like, look at Draymond Green. He's undersized. And un- a lot of undersized guys, they they understand the limitations, but they still know how to get the best out of themselves and still can be, still can be a leader on the team regardless. It really just comes down to your, you know, your mindset on how you how you think of things and how you perceive yourself to be out there and I just think he's he has a lot of good leadership qualities and I think he'll he'll probably do well in Miami in that, you know, he's got a good team around him that has a lot of capable guys so I think he doesn't have to do so much right away and I think he'll he can grow into that leadership role that the Miami Heat desperately need with you know with their roster so all right for 14 I think uh Celtics have that pick they get that's one thing that went well for them <laughs> I mean they obviously weren't able to get a top you know top end pick from the uh Grizzlies because, you know, Grizzlies were able to get the top eight pick, you know, because they landed in the top eight. They were able to keep their pick. But they were able to, but the Celtics were able to get an extra pick by getting the Sacramento Kings pick. So they pick at 14. I, I, so I would say they probably would pick Najer Little out of North Carolina. He's a, a swingman. A, a, he's a three. Elite athleticism. Can defend multiple positions. A hard worker. You know, like that's that fits who we are. I mean, Celtics, you know, are hardworking players, blue collar guys. We need to get right. We need to get back to that, 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 that mindset again. You know, this year we got out of the, you know, we had a, a selfish team that performed for, you know, had a lot of egos that wanted to perform, you know, to cater themselves instead of the team. And Niger Little and guys like Marcus Smart. You know, hopefully, you know, those two guys, if we add this piece, you know, he can, I mean, I'm not, don't expect the world from this guy, but just expect him to play a role, play good defense, play hard, you know, you know, be a hustler out there. That's what you'd want. I mean, if anything, we need more of those guys on this team. I thought a lot of guys, you know, were more offensive oriented. They didn't want to play defense. This guy wants to play defense. So adding more guys to that mix could maybe change the dynamic of your team. So they get Niger Little, that could definitely help that as well. All right, so we are running out of time. So I rambled a little bit too much than I thought I was going to ramble, but I just want to get every, you know, get every pick in an in-depth analysis. I'll probably give you another show later on, maybe this week or maybe to, like I said, because I I apologize, I'd like to give you guys the whole mock draft, but I'm running out of time. But we'll end it with the 15th pick, um, the Detroit Pistons. 
They're going to pick Romeo Langford out of Indiana. Um, he's a he's a two guard. Uh, he has, I believe he's either six five, six six, two oh five, I believe. So, good size. Just um, I I mean, people had him a little bit higher. I seen the footage. I was like, uh, he has a hard time of really clearly getting by people. That's probably the one thing I looked at in the footage. I was like, all right, he doesn't have elite athleticism. He's more of a guy that has, you know, he's a decent athlete, you know, has the skills to to get his shot off in certain situations. But I don't think he he's a guy that, you know, could be a game changer out there. I think he's he'll be somewhat of a role player that can score in pinches, but not really a spectacular score. So he he fits the mold of a score, but he's not he's not a guy that can score in all all levels like maybe a, a Jared Colbert or John Morant. Like he can't do that. So he's probably like I said, he's still young. He still has a lot of room to grow into. He's still, he's only a freshman. So particularly because of that, they probably have him a little bit higher because of that because of the potential thing. But I just. I don't really see the. I don't really see the. Uh, I don't see the him being a really a really prospect that you can. I'm not really high on him. Let's just say that I'm not really high on him. So I dropped him down a a, a peg. You know, people had him projected as a top ten pick. I dropped him down. You know, I had Rui Achimura over him, which Rui Achimura has dropped in some mocks. But I feel like that's my opinion. I think he just doesn't. He doesn't wow me. The footage of him didn't really wow me that much. So he fits well, just a little bit outside the lottery. And I'd see him going to the Detroit Pistons. All right, so we're going to end the show right there. We're running out of time. Um, this is your host, Rob Morris. You listen to Rims in That Pocket, Episode 7. A very packed show, like I said. We still will give you the, the 15 other picks next week. Or either I'll have a show later on this week. So uh, just have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.